You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A shorthanded breakaway, scores! Clutterbuck, shorthanded! Islanders country, hello, this is P.T. Isles, the Limping In Edition. Alongside Noel Fogelman, I'm Joe Bono. A reminder, you can listen to this show and all Lighthouse Hockey podcasts on iTunes. Please rate and review, or find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or over at LighthouseHockey.com. Lighthouse Hockey, your SB Nation home for your New York Islanders coverage. Noel, you're wearing an Islanders shirt, but uh, were you a Rangers fan tonight? You know, like, Islander fans can, like, and Ranger fans can get together on two things so far. Their hatred of Tom Wilson and their hatred of CeeLo Green, going back to the stadium series, how <laughs> that, that was. But, you know, even when you root for the Rangers, they, they still can't help you out, you know, tonight. Uh, we'll get into it later, but I mean, the league has to be ashamed of their, themselves of this whole situation. It's it's embarrassing. Uh, I mean, George Paros, you can blame George Paros. Made for great TV, though. Made yeah, for great exactly. TV. But, but you know what? I tell you what, I was not tuning in for Capitals Rangers tonight otherwise. Right. Well, you know what's so funny? Just a little quick sidebar. Uh, and NBC is losing hockey in a couple months, but so now they decide to debut a new scorebook. I mean, it's just it just it's just so funny. It just it's complete train wreck you know george paros uh who basically if all your wrestling fans remember jack's honey from the 80s he was a wwe like president or back there was WWE. of course he was basically a figurehead that's what george paros is he has no power it's above him it's colin campbell it's gary bettman but everyone's gonna shit on him so be it he should be gone Uh, absolutely there should be some sort of you know 
I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just so flabbergasted by the, the by this whole thing. It's 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 the black eye for the league. But you know what? The league wants this, and the casual fan or NHL fan, it's much like casual NASCAR fan. They tune in for what? They tune in for the crashes. I'm not. I'm not a NASCAR fan. I love crashes. And if I wasn't a hockey fan, I love them. <laughs> and that, that's basically what it, hockey is now. It's become a sideshow, and it's a shame. Well, they have to get rid of the Jack Tunney and uh, bring in the uh, Gorilla Monsoon to uh, clean things up. Uh, Absolutely. Wrestling fans will, will get that. Well, tonight, listen, we have a PT Isles roundtable tonight. Nolan and I are joined uh, by James Nichols, co-host of the Nassau Men podcast, and Rob Taub. Uh, they are also co-editors for NYIslesblog.com. Uh, that, they became that earlier this year and have done a great job assembling a team of writers this season. James, Rob, how are you doing? Doing pretty well, Joe. How are you doing? Glad to be here, guys. Good to see you. And James, uh, you were, what, about a week and a half, two weeks into married life? Uh, yeah. What, what's the update? What can you tell us? <laughs> uh, it feels the same as as not being married but living with, with my wife for, for over a year and a half now. So not much has changed except my title. I, I feel, I guess, more important, but not really. <laughs> Trust me, and, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going on 20 years. It gets worse. <laughs> the, the title, you know, not not the marriage. <laughs> well, James yeah. is still James is still on the honey honeymoon period to where it's not an issue for him to be doing podcasts, you know, day in and day day, day in and day out, multiple times a week, and uh, you know, missing their Netflix time together and yeah. other types of uh, occasions. So uh, I, I had that period as well. Now I get ugly. <laughs> And I get side eye anytime I got to go into a room with a microphone. Um, but uh, <laughs> but let's talk about our, our New York Islanders who um, they won those back to back games, Rob, against the Rangers. You felt like, wow, you know what? This could have gone south real quick. And, other, and then they shut them out for nothing and three nothing. Varley, amazing three consecutive shutouts. They do it against their crosstown rivals. And you're going, you know what? They might be able to build some momentum here, looking at the schedule to go and going into the playoffs and maybe kind of turn this thing around. And then against a 28 year old rookie goaltender that hasn't played in the year, they lose back to back games uh, to the worst team in the league. Well, how, how concerned are you at the moment? Uh, I was on a podcast with another person. Who I, I said, I'm going to go with a five out of 10 if, if I was doing it out of 10. I think there were some things over the last two nights that made you really raise an eyebrow, but I got to go with what a lot of people have said, where it's an emotional letdown. The old Ranger hangover, we haven't used it in a long time because the Islands have just battered the Rangers for the past seven years. And usually they've come out on the other side when they played their next game. But I think the emotional letdown was kind of there the last two nights. So I wouldn't be totally over-concerned. Look, uh, they, they still had, they still built leads they played pretty well to, to get those leads, just a few mistakes, a few bad plays. And yeah, they gave Michael Hauser the, his, his two wins in the NHL, but I'm not totally over concerned if it happens again tomorrow and Saturday, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm going to disregard Monday because the Bruins are a totally different uh, animal than the devils. Then I really, then it could be turned up to like a nine or a 10. <laughs> James, your level of concern. Let's use it on the same one to 10 uh, scale. If Rob's a five, you are a yeah. I'll say you know about a four. I'm I'm not overly concerned either because you know this is a classic tale of what did you do for me lately, right? And the fans are freaking out about the the two drop games to the bottom of the barrel team in the NHL, which is understandable. Um, but time and time again, the Islanders have shown that they know how to raise their le- their level when it counts. Um, so you know it it was 
concerning to see them lose to a sixth string ECHL goalie. Um, but, you know, in, in the second game of the back to back, they didn't have, uh, you know, Barzal in the lineup. And, and that was maybe a little bit of rest, maybe a little bit of a message. But, um, you know, going into the playoffs, I think it's a clean slate. And at this point, who they're going to play, where they're going to play is pretty much pick your poison. Right. Everyone's firing on all cylinders going into into the playoffs. Um, Taylor Hall with the Bruins is, is a nice addition for them. Uh, the Capitals are, are beating up the uh, getting beat up by the Rangers or beating up the Rangers right now. Not really sure how that's going because we're doing this at the moment. But um, and then, you know, the Penguins who gave us a, a, a run for our money uh, this entire season uh, are, are a possibility as well. But, you know, I said this on my show last night. I said, you know, year one in, in the playoffs with Trots, we beat the Penguins. Year two, we beat the Capitals. If we happen to match up with the Bruins in year three, uh, why, why not do it again? Right. Well, listen, I think um, I don't know how you feel. I've, I've kind of hit the wall of this season <laughs> watching this team. I know they talked about that with the team Barry Trotz did last night. Hey, listen, they played deep into the summer, right? And they had, you know, they played 30 some odd playoff games last year. And then it's a 56 game sprint to this season. You know, he really wasn't getting on these guys as much as he could have after the game um, and really has faith still in this group that they're going to be able to turn this thing around and that, you know, that their effort will be there when the games, the games count. And, you know, there was a letdown and I understand that there was home ice on the line. I put out a tweet actually before the Buffalo game started. And I said, if the Islanders win out, you know, do they win the division? And I said, I say no. Right. And, you know, after the Buffalo game, it was, if the Islanders win out, you know, do they finish in third? After after that, after these two losses, because right now it feels like more than likely they will probably end up being in the fourth spot. And, you know what, you're either matching up against the Penguins or the Capitals. And it was it's been that way for a long time now that you're probably going to match up in round one against the Penguins, uh, the uh, Penguins or the Capitals. Yeah. And, you know, we've you know, played this game before with both these teams. Um, You know, we played well against the Bruins this year. I don't really want to have to worry about them until potentially the second round. That's the unknown in the playoffs. We haven't seen, uh, you know, an Islander Bruins playoff series in quite some time. So it's, you know, getting that is a way. It's it's, it's a good break. But just going back to the Sabres uh, games for a second, we all knew how the first game was going to end. For anyone who's been watching Islander hockey for years, unknown goalie, they lose that game. I mean, this basically... Besides uh, an emergency goalie coming in and shutting out the Islanders, this is as low as you can get. A six-string goalie, an ECHL goalie who hasn't played in over a year. It's a great story. I mean, he was born with bilateral clubfoot, which my, my oldest son had. Um, luckily, you know, he didn't have as many surgeries as Michael Hauser did, who had 14 before he was two. And it's a great story. It's feel good. I'm sure Disney's already working on the rights, you know, for it. You know, I don't know who will play Michael Hauser, but it'll be a great story. Um Last night, I mean, I figured Matt Barzell would get some sort of break. I would assume the last game of the year, not when something's still on the line. Uh, I mean, that now I think he had the 284 games. 48. In a row, something like that. It was, it was like the fifth longest in our history, which is great. You know, it's a great stat that he stays healthy. But Barzell uh, still does not have uh, Barry Ross's trust. You know, it's been a couple of years already, and there's still something there. Uh, it's, you know, hopefully he'll gain it. I mean, because he's still making dumb plays. It's still, 
he's going to lead the league or lead the team in penalty minutes for the honors. I mean, your best player should it's not be a strange doing that. season. It's it's, it's, been, it's been an odd, uneven year. season for Barzell, right? He's had some really yeah. great moments, highlight real special type moments. Um, he came out really strong this season. Um, and then obviously the penalty saga, not only him taking penalties, but also not getting penalties called against them, getting fined for embellishment a couple of times, Barry having to kind of use him to make a statement. And, and Rob, what's always been, I think, interesting about this relationship is that Barry Trotz is trying to develop a young player and make him into a, a better, more complete player. And I think Barzell has bought into that over the last couple of years after, you know, scoring 80 plus points in year one and having to really adapt his game to Barry Trotz's style. But he's also at the same time, the team's best player. So you're making an example of the team's best player while it's also a young player that you're also trying to, to kind of continue to, to get him into the best mindset moving long-term. It's an interesting, you know, it, it usually your star player also is in your youngest player in, in, in those type of circumstances when a coach is trying to make a statement. Yeah, the dynamic between Trotz and, and Barzell is still, you know, I think it's still evolving in a sense. Uh, I, I think, look, he's taken a lot of bad penalties this year, but I also think the treatment that he's received from the league, it's hard to blame him for kind of being the kind of player, like that kind of player. I'm not saying he complains or anything like that, but I mean, the penalties are, are in one sense, but the, tr- the trust, look, he wants, he wants Barzell to be the best player he can be. And that means bringing it every night and not letting up. I think when we've seen when, when Barzell lets up uh, in his play, the penalties come out, the undis- all the, the undisciplined, all the, all the little things that Barry is trying to get out of his game and to make him, you know, the, the, the two way forward, he go, who he probably is going to be. I think it's a, it's an evolving process and look, it can be very, it's very frustrating at times to watch Barzell because we know how good he is. And then you see him take that stupid penalty and you're like, what are you doing? But it's overall, it's also his maturity. He's, what is he, 20, 23, 24 years old? He's still a very young player in this league. And yet he's the Islanders' best player. But there are times when he, there are times when he doesn't show it. And it's the little things in his game, like those penalties that Trotz is trying to get, get him away from. Become, I'm not saying become a Sidney Crosby. Well, yeah, become a Sidney Crosby in one sense, but also do what you have to do, but be smart. Sometimes he's not the smartest player on the ice. And that comes with that comes with the territory with being the best player on the ice is you're going to have you're going to make mistakes. But the way he does it sometimes, uh, the way how he does it sometimes, it's sometimes like he's not thinking. And I think that's what bothers Trotz. And that's why he doesn't trust to have his full on trust, even after three years of uh, being coached by him. James. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're right that the the situation with Trotz and, and Barzell is still fluid. Um, you know, he's not out there at late in games where I think he would be, be an asset, but you know, there are definitely concerns about his defensive play. And if he could actually help keep the puck out of the net, you know, when, when the goal, the goaltender is uh, off of the other team and they have the extra man. So uh, I, I definitely don't disagree there. Um, but I, I, you know, in times like this, and I think maybe that's why he was benched. Part of the reason why he was benched last night, you know, Trotz did did just say it was for, you know, the reason to give him rest. But there has been plenty of times too where you need your star player to be your star player and get something going for your team. Uh, and, and there's been a plenty plenty of opportunities where that it was needed from Barzell and it never happened. So you know, again, it's, I I personally think that there was a little bit of a message there to say, you know, hey. 
you know, whatever happens in these next couple of games doesn't matter. When we get to the playoffs, we need you to be you, you know. So, yeah, you're going to rest, but you also got to think about your game and you're going to sit up and watch everything unfold on the ice and, you know, come back whenever we, we dress you again uh, with a new mindset and a new focus and, and be the star player of this team and, and, and be the, you know, the, pretty much the leader in the room right now, because, you know, no, no Lee and maybe a little bit of a lack of leadership. Uh, they need, they need another guy to step up and, and be that, that bona fide leader. I feel like, sorry, Joe, it would have been a bigger message had he sat him for one of the Ranger games. That wasn't going to happen, though. Yeah. I, I know, that, that would have been a, a bold move by Barry. I, and, I think that. Know, back to back of a last place team. I didn't just to just to try. I mean, that would never happen. But if it did happen, I think half the fan base would be outside with pitchforks and knives waiting for Barry Trotz. It's I mean, it, it, we we could talk about it in like in that like in that sense of the term, but. It, you're right. It would be a bold message, but I was not. I mean, he, him being sad against Buffalo. Okay, uh, I think Barry wants to, he, he, the message. The message is sent, and this team knows they're in the playoffs. Just get this guy rested. But to do something like that, I think would have warranted a much bigger, like a bigger response. Like, and in, instead, this of just, one had a dual purpose, though. Yeah. It was like rest physically rest mentally and i'm sending a message it was a little right. bit of a three for the price of one for barry trot so it was a bit of a low-hanging fruit type of scenario that he took advantage of um and you know we'll see you know i don't want to make a but i will i say i don't want to but now i'm going to right a tom wilson matt barzell comparison in that <laughs> like how like you know this guy keeps on doing the same thing right no matter who's talking to him, I, I don't, I, you know, no matter what the league does, whether it would have been a, a fine or a suspension or a more hefty fine, you know, there's been other things that have happened to a repeat, repeat, repeat offender. Now, what he's what he's guilty of compared to Barzell is apples and oranges. But it is frustrating to see a player continually do it because you know they are in, they're talking to him about this throughout out the season you know they're t- showing him on film they know they're having sidebar meetings with Hold him out. and for it to okay. continually happen it's, it's very strange it's very strange to continuing to right. make the same mental errors right and, and i think to, to know same point, decisions I, I think to noel's point too right um you know he he didn't get benched in the ranger game or in either of the ranger games but i think it was the timing of it really right he he was he was prevalent in those games. And then when it came to that Buffalo game where, you know, they, again, like we said, were addressing their sixth string goaltender. They didn't have a Jack Eichel. They didn't have a Taylor Hall, pretty much an AHL team with, with Sam Reinhardt on it. You need your best player to be your best player. And in that first game against Buffalo, he was a ghost out there. And that's not something that should happen when you're playing the last place team in the NHL and you're a supposed top 10 center in the league. So uh, I think the message was sent after that first Buffalo game um, just to be like, hey, like this is the time where you need to, you know, bank three points easy and you did nothing. Yep. We talked about, uh, James, you mentioned uh, players needing to step up and, and Noel, um, for, me, for me, that's Kyle Palmieri. Like we don't, I mean, the, the trade rest right now is yeah. uh, get the same grade as uh, Francisco Lindor's uh, Met tenure, right? It'd be about an F. Or maybe this would be a D plus and Lindor's an F, but um, you know how how we'll look upon a, a trade, especially for a rental, 
right? This isn't like a situation where um, he's having a slow start and then the Islanders get knocked out of the playoffs and you're getting okay at training camp, more familiarity with the system and da da da. No, this is kind of probably going to be it for him and Travis Ajak. Um, do you? how much I feel that's going to be huge for them. Like if they're going to make some noise, that has to happen. That trade has to, has to actually have an impact. I mean, you know, it's funny because like when they acquired, you know, Gigi Paggio last year, they lost like seven straight, you know, thankfully it's a horrible thing to say, but the pandemic was perfect for the Islanders to rest, reset, get the players, you know, customers to each other and get in the bubble. But that being said, Pajot made contributions. That first game against the Rangers, he had that big fight. He scored a goal. But Palmieri is like, you just you haven't seen anything. And the funny thing is, A.J. Greer, who was sent to uh, Jersey, was called up by the Devils. So right now he has one less goal than Kyle Palmieri. And it would be kind of funny to see A.J. Greer score against the Islanders because you know that's going to happen next game. You know, it's something is going to be – he's going to be productive and do something. But I'll, I'll give – Kyle Palmieri a clean slate in the playoffs. Same thing with Travis Zajac, but he, Zajac's not as important as Palmieri because they still have Leo Komarov. You know, I can't believe I just said that. But Leo is, Leo's been good with, <laughs> with Barzell on that line. And Islander fans can kill me. He's, he, he needs to be on that line with, with uh, Matt Barzell. It, it, <laughs> he needs to be. He needs to be because who else are you going to throw out there right now? That that plays similar. But I would to, feel better about that if the other lines have been working, right? So if I, if, if lines two and three line are has. clicking, and then you're saying I could live with I could leave I can live with Komarov <laughs> on the first line because I don't want to shake up the chemistry of the other three. But I, I mean, I mean, I, we haven't really found a spot where Palmieri is, is flourishing, and they Not haven't yet. even tried it. Well, I, I will say this: the, the second line as of late actually has been playing pretty yeah. well. Yeah. Bavillier is starting to wake mm-hmm. up. The trio of Nelson Pavillier and, and uh, Bailey are starting to wake up and they're going to, uh, you know, hopefully take what they did in the playoffs last season. And I think they might do it again. Um, however, I, I think the, the problem here is that they've tried everything as far as line combinations. Right. And, you know, the last thing that they have to attempt is to put Kyle Palmieri on that first line, which they haven't done yet. Right. He hasn't clicked anywhere. Um, and, and I don't know how much of, that is his fault because aside from the, the three players on the second line that I just stated, who really has been clicking since the trade deadline or even a little bit before the trade deadline, because they had kind of just stumbled into it and they're still stumbling. So I, I a lot of, a lot of, well, here's a question, but here's a question, right? If, yeah. if, if Komarov's on the first line, Travis Ajak isn't even part of this, He's not part of any, he's not part of the lineup. Right. And, and I, I said, from, right. Cause I'm going to play Pajot, Palmieri and, 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 uh, and Wallstrom. Yeah. I, I said from the get go that I think Zajac was a necessary acquisition, but to be a 13th forward, I, I, I don't know that he actually yeah. has a spot. Right. I don't know that he actually has a spot in this lineup. Uh, because but he had I, a spot because everyone thought Komarov would not have a spot. <laughs> Komarov was on the first right. line. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. It, it's um, having Komarov on there is also then putting Zajac not in the lineup. At least that's the way I would expect those lines to be be rolled out. Right, Rob. I, I will say this about Paul Mary. He was brought here for the playoffs. I, I know, and I agree with you, Joe. The whole the grading, uh, the the whole grades we're giving him, it, it would probably be an F or a D plus right now, but Lou Lerner brought him here for the playoffs. That was the main goal 
to see what to have him do make impact in the playoffs. Sure, and I agree with James. He hasn't. They haven't found. He hasn't found his niche yet. And they've tried everything except the first line, which we've been bang, We've been barking about for a god like two or three weeks now. So may, maybe it happens in these last two or three games. Who knows? But he's here for the playoffs. If he doesn't show up in the playoffs, then the trade was an uh, was a complete failure, an absolute complete failure. So I'm willing to give Palmieri because I, I watched him for a long time in New Jersey and I seen I've seen how good he can be. Travis Ajak is an entirely different story. He is a 13 forward, so that's here nor there. But I'm giving Palmieri. I will give him the postseason. If he doesn't show up in the postseason, then uh, I get like what what else can you say? I mean, really, what else can you say? It's just what it wasn't in the cards. But they got if he gets going in the postseason, all will be forgiven from how, how bad he's been so far. And, and the thing with that is, like, he's playing for a contract, whether it's here or someplace else. So he, he has to produce for himself, you know? And, like, he was right here for the power play also. And I believe his, his only goal was on the power play. But it's been non-existent. So, I mean, it's just like, I'll, I'll give you the reset, you know, in the playoffs, but he has to show at least a pulse in the games leading up to the, the postseason. Uh, and that's a good segue to... We want Paul Mary to show a pulse. You want the Islanders to show a pulse. And this idea of can a team just flip the switch after playing? It's not just losing back-to-back games to the Sabers. You know they're they have a very pedestrian record after Anders Lee injury. I think um, Andrew Gross put out a stat <laughs> that I couldn't believe. They think that the Rangers are the only team that they've beaten regulation since April sixth. Yeah, something like that. Right. Yeah. They, they haven't won a lot of games in regulation yeah. at all. So, you know, uh, if, if I'm going to play the um, glasses half full, I'm saying to myself in the playoffs, the, you know, the ice gets smaller and this is the Islanders type of game and the game is going to get tighter and that's going to, you know, they're going to find their, they're going to be a difficult team to play, play against because they were built this roster for playoff style hockey. That's all I can tell myself. And listen, they still have given up the second least goals in the league. You know, so that is still what they're what they do best is keeping the puck out of their net when they're playing well, and that can really frustrate a team. But can they have that count? Can they have that you know counterattack offense that is taking you know opportunistic, like they have been in the past, and score enough um, to beat a team like the Washington Capitals or the Pittsburgh Penguins? Because I tell you what, if they play game one and they lose three nothing, people are going to be ready for a five game series at best. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I think they are going to turn. Out, I, I think we've seen that this team can flip it on when the playoffs comes. We saw it last year. Sure, they had the the break from from the uh, from the pandemic, but like Barry Trot said last night, this team is battle tested, and he has he trusts his guys that they'll be ready and. We could go on and on about how bad these last two games were, but this team is, this is a playoff hockey team. And when they play, when they're on their game, they're one of the toughest teams to beat in the league. And we saw it earlier this year when they had that long winning streak, like they always do now that they, they're, they're on top of their game and no one can stop them. Uh, the whole thing with, and the whole thing with Andrews Lee, uh, I got to give it, I just think the leadership and we mentioned it before. Uh, and this is where Matthew Barzell comes into the picture he's got to be a leader and he's also been one of those guys who has not been great since the, since the trade. And I could see why you could have an, it can have an adverse effect because you lose one of your line mates, but that's your time when you need to, when you need to step up too. But I, I just, I think this team will be ready for the playoffs. I, I don't, 
I don't think that the scoring – look, the scoring can dry up, whatever. We've seen now over the last three years that this team has a problem after the trade deadline, whether something it's something in the room, something in their mentality – Something switches after they do after they do a move at the trade deadline that it just something doesn't. Well, doesn't maybe fit. you know what you know maybe maybe they should not get the perfect fit at the trade deadline. Maybe they should get a player that makes no sense. It won't be won't be an instant Islander way type of acquisition because that's all we heard about Pajot and Green. These guys fit into exactly what a Barry Trotz team wants. Same thing Paul with Pajot and Palmieri. And know what? They don't win games with those guys. You know, I, they needed someone who did something completely different than the Islander way. That I'm was never- going to help. I never thought of Palmieri as the perfect fit. I thought of him as the right fit at the right time because they needed another forward that – that was a given, but I just think give give these guys a few more days, let them get settled, let them get ready for the playoffs, and then all bets are off because the playoffs are a total crapshoot. And we've seen the last two years, once if you count the Islanders out, they surprise you. And that's why as many as much as people want to call out Barry Trotz and say he needs to change this and change that, uh, the the proof is in the results, and that's what really everyone should go on until uh, until it's proven different. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I mean, all right. So <laughs> yeah. we yeah. we do this. It feels like we do this every year. It's like, oh, are the Islanders gonna, you know, no, some, are they gonna every, make it every week? I, okay, fine. Even better, every week. I feel like we do this all the time. It's like, are we really gonna doubt them going into the playoffs? And and I will say this too: the the schedule is extended a little bit, right? So they were gonna have a little bit of time off, uh, which is now actually a, a little bit longer. I think it went from like four days off to something like may, almost nine because of the Vancouver Canucks schedule. So they're going to get a little bit of rest. It's I, maybe it's going to act like a mini, another a mini pandemic. Let's call yeah. it a yeah. mini pandemic. Right. And they're going to have day a, break. a mini mini Go find a hotel room somewhere, you know? play yeah. some ping pong and hit the ice. <laughs> right. So, you know, who, who knows if that's something that they you know, maybe they band together in that that uh, nine day span. They get a little bit of rest and, you know, they come out firing on all cylinders, which would be fantastic going into the playoffs. All right, so we'll wrap this up now. Just um, just maybe final thoughts from you two guys. Um, do you feel like the Islanders can can get – sounds like you lean yes, but you feel like they can still get out of a first-round matchup with the Penguins or Capitals? I'll let Rob. James go first. I'll let James, James go first. All right, James. I love it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think so. And, and you know – I, everybody will, will bring up statistics on what happened this year. And I'll say, you know, again, whenever, whenever somebody or, or a team gets to the playoffs, everything, you know, clean slate. Um, they've proven before that they could beat them, you know, despite if it was less times than the Penguins beat the Islanders or the, the Capitals beat the Islanders, which I think those are probably going to be the matchups. Um, they've proven that they can beat them. They've proven that they can be competitive in those games, even if they lost. So uh, I think it'll be a grind. I think it'll be hard fought, but um, you know, like I said, we did it year one against Penguins. We did it year two against Capitals. Uh, I don't think in year three, you know, we can say any any different. Like we've said a couple of times already, they know how to turn it on, and and I just I think that they will. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bounce off what James said. I agree that they can get out of the first round. I think they can go on a long run. Look, you watch the games between them and the Capitals this year. Outside of the few mistakes that were made in most of the games. Very tight, very even game. Same thing with the Penguins. Uh, even though the last two games that they played against Penguins, Penguins' speed really, really did a number on them. But I'm not, 
Uh, I think the Penguins can be had. I don't like the. I think they're defensively. I don't think they're as good as people say they are. Really, it's their forward group that's surprising because anyone who plays against the Islanders wearing a Penguin uniform decides to score a goal. So that like that's something to to keep in mind going into the playoffs. But I Pittsburgh's goaltending. I take the Islanders' goaltending in a heartbeat. And you bring up a guy like, and then Washington beat Tech Vanacek against Semyon Varlamov. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the veteran. Uh, you know, Vanacek's not he hasn't been in a situation like that. And we saw last year, like James said, when they played against Samsonov, they had his number uh, too. So I I'm in. I'm with James. I think they can go. I think they can get out of the first round and then see see where it goes. It, All right. One real quick bonus question for everyone. We'll start with Noel. Which team would you prefer to play? Oh, man. I'm not going to answer. Oh, okay. Because uh, both the, the teams that they'll be, the Pens or, or, the, or the, the Capitals, I always beat them in the last two years. So both of those teams have a chip on their shoulder to really stick it to the Islanders. That being said, I want the Capitals. Are, are you What's asking, caps, James, are you asking of the three that are already in or just out of the two? Just out of those two. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's the likely scenario that they're playing one of those two teams. They'll finish okay. third or fourth. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say the Capitals. Um, they're, they're going into the playoffs, not the healthiest, right? I think Ovechkin's had some, uh, some issues, uh, cause Netsov is on the COVID list. Their goaltending is, is, uh, is it's good, but it's not proven in the playoffs. Um, and I think that they have the the best chance of uh, of keeping them uh, from off the score sheet. Uh, you know, Sidney Crosby does what he does against the uh, the Islanders, and and there's just no stopping him when he plays uh, plays us for some reason. So I think the Capitals are the way to go. Can we all agree, just before I say my pick, that no one wants the Bruins. None of us want the Bruins. I actually would have preferred the Bruins out of all of those teams. I'm kind of in the same boat as James, but I'm going to go with the Penguins. Like I said, I think the Islanders have the better defense, better goaltending. Offense is a crap. Sh- it's a it's a total 50-50 split depending on the night the night that they the, – just to see who comes out on top. I just think that the way that the Islanders played against the Penguins this year – and the Penguins won most of the games, but a lot of those games – we're up for grabs. And I think that the Islanders have, they just have a slight advantage over Pittsburgh. And I know that we, you mentioned it before that the Penguins will have a chip on their shoulder. Noel mentioned it. The Penguins will have a chip on their shoulder from two years ago. This is not two years ago though. The Islanders are more, are a different team. They're a more playoff ready team. That was a bit of a surprise the way they just swept them. This is different. They, these two teams know each other. Now they've seen each other eight times. They probably got tired of playing each other this year, but I, I got to go with the Penguins. I think that would be, the most opportune matchup, not saying that they can't beat the Caps. I just, I don't want to go up against Alex Ovechkin in the first round after what the Islanders did to him last year. Do I have to answer my own question? (laughs) Yeah. You know, the Penguin, because the the Capital games are all so tight this year. I mean, 6-5, it's 1-0, it's 2-1. You know, you feel like, you know, they're they're in every game. These Penguin games had weird feels to them. They were strange games. They didn't, you know, they got out of their their system and the structure a bunch of times. Um, you know, so that's real tough. Because I feel like, you know, the Islanders are playing the Capitals in a, in a way, for obvious reasons, they're kind of looking themselves in a mirror at times. Um, I think I'd probably lean the Penguins myself. Um, 
but we shall see. Maybe the, maybe the line, maybe the standings get so shaken up and, and maybe somehow we do find ourselves into an Islander Bruins uh, first round matchup. I would have to do the math and the scheduling to see whether or not that's even possible. Uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe that maybe there is a way. Um, we'll see whether it may Islanders Bruins last game of the season for the Islanders. We'll see what Islanders, whether or not that uh, means anything as well. Well, James, I really appreciate it. NASA men podcast. Definitely check it out. Everyone. And Rob Tal, co-editor here at Isles Blog. And thanks to both of you guys again for doing such a great job on the site this year and uh, bringing in all those young writers uh, that really improved uh, the frequency in our content. So thank you very much. And uh, you guys have a great night. Thanks, Joe. You too. You too. All right. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to PT Isles, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We're back. PT Isles, Joe Bono and Noel Fogelman. And this is our Isles Buzz segment. News and stories around the NHL and the New York Islanders. And uh, we started the show with it, but this Tom Wilson, you were really angered by this, Noel. This really got under your skin. I mean, you were really pissed off about this. He got the instigator. Tom Wilson finally got Noel Fogelman. It's, you know, it's such a shame because he is such a good player. You know, first round pick. He's perfect on that top. First round pick, yeah. Any any team would take him. I, I would t- if he would cut out the bullshit. I'd take him in a second. He'd be a perfect winger on you know Matt Barzell's line. It's just why does he do these things? But you know what? The league enables him, and he's going to keep doing this until someone really gets hurt. I mean, we, we know he ended uh, Lubnir Vishnapsi's career. Like, was it? I guess you can say was it six years ago already? That that long? Wow. Uh, but. He, you're going to do something worse or even so, even worse someone's going to pull a chris simon and just whack him over the head and could even end his career or worse kill him it just it just it's such a black eye for the league but the league doesn't seem to mind which is it's, it's a real shame and they and could have avoided what happened tonight we all enjoyed of course the, watching the crashes like you mentioned everyone tuned in for the crashes they wanted to see people drop the gloves had those really humorous photos of the penalty boxes yeah. overflowing with players on both for both sides. Um, you know, this will be on sports center because of what had happened, I'm sure as well. But the obvious thing was by suspending him, first off, you send a message to him as that as a repeat, 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 repeat mm-hmm. offender, that that will not be tolerated. Number one. Um, but you would have avoided that. Perhaps there would have been a fight at some point with one of the other enforcers forcers on the Capitals and a Ranger, fine. But that would have been it. You would not have had happened what uh, happened tonight. I was watching um, the intermission report and Patrick Sharp's talking about – it was an interesting conversation. I'm not sure if you saw it. No. But he was saying how he liked how all the players on the teams matched up against like – their own weight class right. for the opening face-off. Like no one was taking on someone who wasn't, you know, up yeah. to the task of, of battling him. He goes, that was like the right way to do it, which is an interesting way of talking about like just agreeing to having a brawl. Right. Um, 
but it is it, it you know the maximum allowed by the CBA. All right. At first, hmm. when I saw that, I said, "Okay, well, he's going to be fine. The maximum amount that was negotiated in, okay." But where's the suspension? Yeah. You know, two thousand dollars. You know, for um, embellishment for Barzell, someone you know put out that uh, I guess Lundquist or someone got uh, fined how much about squirting a water, water bottle at someone. Yeah. And he does that, and um, really didn't make much sense. And I'm not sure if, if we've gotten any really good answers from the league thus far. Yeah, I don't think you will now. I mean, it, it's it's way past that point. Uh, in the league in the league doesn't have to explain anything. They basically gave their statement. You got fined for what he did, and, and that's it. They're, they're moving on. And the fine, I mean, who cares about a fine? It's like, you know, five thousand dollars chump change for 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 these guys. But even sending a one game suspension wouldn't have done anything. For a, like you said, a repeat, 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 repeat offender, he's got to be gone for the playoffs really send a message to the capitals that this will not be tolerated anymore but like i said before the league enables him his teammates totally enable him his coach even said it. but i don't even think anyone even brought it up to barry trotz who coached him for a few years and like yeah, and, and as a player yeah i mean of course you know he's he's your guy you know defend him, but there has to be you want him in the lineup he does more you know good than harm you would hope he does more good than harm because he like I said, he can score. He's an instigator. But when he cuts cuts out the bullshit, he's a really good player. And then I, I'm sure you saw the tweet by the Capitals last night. Oh my God! Which that, I don't that know. intern? I, yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing fans. he's an intern. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure they'll spin it that way. It was just you know we didn't see it, and you know this guy is not with us. It, they were hacked. They were hacked. Yeah, we were hacked. But it's it's it sends such a bad message that the, the social team, media account enables them. Yeah, of course, you know, and, you saw that. <laughs> and then you see like, all, you know, all these, all these guys, this is just the way hockey is, you know, the Rangers should stand up for themselves, you know, they have to police it. No, the league should police it, not the players, you know, I mean, and hopefully this is something that'll be, nego- well, it won't be now because the next CBA is in for what, another six years now, that maybe they want to open up the CBA and discuss this about certain fines. And if you're fined more than once a year, you get suspended. Yeah, it should be escalators. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he he will he uh, left the game after the first period due to an mm-hmm. upper body injury. Uh, yeah. Do you think that is uh, at all real? At uh, what do you think? A bloody knuckle or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it might be like his brain or his heart or his guts. You know, because he doesn't have guts. He definitely is <laughs> not using his brain. And I don't want to question the guy's heart, but he might be the nicest guy off the field. Might be a great teammate. You know, done you know dozens of charities. That's great, but when he's on the ice, he's a goon and an idiot, and that has to stop. Of course, the other storyline about this game was the news that broke really out of nowhere uh, that uh, Jim Dolan, you know, somehow can have two competent teams (laughs) as tenants at the same time. Right. And, um, fires Gordon, fires JD and the Rangers who from an outsider's perspective look is looking at what they were building and I go well, they're going to be pretty good in a few yeah, years their, their time might not be there yet if they would have made the playoffs everyone would have said they would have been ahead of schedule but um, 
this was a pretty pretty shocking move, and they could tell unanimously how upset Ranger fans. So a team that hasn't been in the playoffs for four years, the team's going to miss the playoffs again this year, lose back-to-back games against their crosstown rivals where they had a chance to still be in it, yet people still had very much a lot of faith in those two guys steering the ship. Maybe not so with the coach, who did not get fired today, right. but they did with the president and general manager. Yeah, and I wonder, like you mentioned, you know, uh, James Dolan can't have two good teams. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I'll give a Seinfeld reference where there's one episode where Elaine basically became George and George became Elaine and Jerry had basically one friend who was up, one friend who Bizarro. was up. Yeah, yeah, so basically oh, it's probably... I'm even, right. Yeah, exactly. It's even. <laughs> so it's probably the same thing. You know, uh, James Dolan can have two good organizations or teams at the same time. And I wonder if he actually knew jd's name or jeff gordon's name or any of the stuff in the range because he doesn't tend to you know spend any paying attention to the rangers so i wonder and his um quote or a statement you know for the calling for the dismissal of george Cross, that was him so i wonder how much of the stuff he actually knew or just told this pr person come up with a statement and you know whatever it is it's good because i don't know nothing about hockey or those guys mm-hmm. just didn't like his band that could be another reason too so there's so many reasons here. I mean, what is it? JD and the he's JD and what the short shot? What are they? JD the and the short shots? Uh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Maybe yeah. he, maybe he just didn't like the the spotlight with another JD. Yeah, and so he couldn't handle you know, the organization wasn't big enough for for, for exactly. two JDs. Can't have two um, teams. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> multiple Seinfeld restaurant exactly. references in the same segment. <laughs> yeah. um, you know they. You know, listen, they got it. They had the second pick overall. They got lucky in the lottery, first pick overall. Yeah. They have Panarin. They got two young, capable goaltenders. They have Adam Fox, right? right. Yeah, they had some misses. Uh, the D'Angelo situation, obviously, is yeah. not something that worked out. And they still are looking kind of trying to kind of figure out how to win and, and that full identity. Right. And maybe yeah. Quinn's not the guy that would have led them. I think that was that was yeah. what people I think were leaning towards this day right. after this year is Quinn the coach to take this team to the next level. And now you have just chaos where you have now Drury, Chris Drury named, uh, you know, general manager and president. He's instilled in that position. And then you have a coach going to play out the string and he's going to determine his fate. He's got two years left in his contract, but is he aligned with what what Drury's vision is for the team? Um, Really, really interesting to not to be the stable franchise, (laughs) (laughs) you know, know. in the New York hockey area. Although, you know what? The Islanders were kind of stable. They always had the same GM for all those years. They just had kind of the chaos and the questionable head scratching decisions. And uh, this probably, you know, uh, tops anything the Islanders had did, you know, probably since uh, the days of, you know, Neil Smith resigning out of nowhere after uh, a few months of a couple of uh, acquisitions and running a draft. Uh, when that whole thing kind of came apart and Garth was obviously put in as general manager, but um, probably up and looking back on it, nothing really since rivals what, what happened today with the Rangers front office. Right. And you know what, this, this goes beyond the Rangers and really all sports when it, you know, a owner fires or basically cleans out because the team is, you know, underperforming and then they promote someone from in from within. Isn't he part of the losing culture? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so all of a sudden he's going to turn everything around. Uh, you know, love Chris Drury, you know, tr- Trumbull's own. That's what, you know, where I'm living right now. Um, but the great headline is the Rangers hire a little league, you know, player to run their team. I saw, saw that today, which was kind of funny. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope it doesn't work. I, you know, you want the Rangers to fall on their face, but 
like you said, they were building something, you know, pretty, pretty well here. You know, yeah, you know, I mean, they wrote you know? the letter. Yeah. They, they communicated to the fans and the fans were like, okay, we accept this. Great. Yeah, we understand. You guys gave us a great run. Right. For five, six, seven years of being a playoff contender, being a Stanley Cup contender. We're okay with this. We're okay with taking a couple steps back to tool yeah. back up. And uh, they, uh, James Dolan was not willing to be patient enough. I tweeted this out when I saw the news. Um, and I was half joking, uh, not really half. I was fully joking. Dolan mm-hmm. watched the Isles lose twice to the Sabres after shutting out the Rangers and just had no choice but to do this. Yeah. But then Larry Brooks comes out with his column. And in the column, he says, quote, the recent mismatches against the Islanders highlighted the team's deficiencies in grit and leadership and may have accelerated, if not prompted, the stunning decision. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the James Dolan, were well, the Knicks not playing that night? And he watched those two games and said, what is going on here? Right. It feels <laughs> so, that way. Yeah. And if you saw uh, James Duffy's tweet, which which was brilliant, it's like Lou realizes he needed to let oh, yeah, they, like, <laughs> get Panarin while signing bottom sixers himself just for one day to shut out the Rangers and MSG and force Dolan to fire Gordon and Davis and destroy the rebuild from the inside out. I mean, it's brilliant, but it's just, I mean, why would anyone want to come here now when you have a meddling owner again? It's... I don't know. Oh, just for every reason that everyone came to coach the uh, coach the Knicks all those years is that he he paid them big money to to coach the team. I mean, how many how many Knicks coaches got five million dollars, you know, for for five million dollars a year for four to five years, and they got fired after their a year and a half and just cashed in for yeah. the next few years. So, right. for the most, they were unqualified I mean, I don't know, coaches too. <laughs> are players are players not going to want to play for the Rangers and be in New York City because of in a salary cap leap because of James Dolan? I still say probably not. So, but uh, interesting stuff nonetheless. And I was just really, you know, usually when these type of moves happen, there there is at least some different varying of opinions within the fan base uh, on this one. I, I it's pretty much universal that everyone just was flabbergasted yeah. and could not believe that this is what um, uh, their owner did uh, earlier this afternoon. Um, and maybe another head scratcher. We'll see how you think about this. Um, the Islanders AHL team, of course, the Bridgeport Sound Tigers that we've come to know and love, uh, were teasing a name change. There was an article that was put out right before their tweets went out where they talked about that some really keen Twitter users noticed. I guess I don't, I don't know what they thought. It was in the metadata. I don't know exactly what they were able, they were able to check out that it looked like they had – secured a Bridgeport underscore Islanders tag um, as a little bit of a clue. And then they played, they, 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 then they started um, adding the AHL, adding the Wolfpack and putting out these kind of retooling, reshape, refresh type of branding. And it's a scattered logo with static and, and some really clever uh, follower um, was able to freeze frame it. Right. And you can kind of make out what looks like a Bridgeport, Islanders logo. Yeah, it's you know it's a good, good job. Like people have a lot of time on their hands. Um, By yeah, the way, I, mean, I tried to do it myself afterwards. I could so not get I. to the same frame. I yeah, couldn't do I, it. I, I couldn't either. I, 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 totally to. still, I mean, we're all thinking. Oh, hopefully, it's still real. But I, I was doing it. I was hitting the pause button with my index finger, like as yeah. quickly as I could. I couldn't I get to that. Couldn't get to. Yeah, that. I, I couldn't try it either. I, I couldn't do it either. But I mean, it was a it was a tough year for, for the Sound Tigers. I mean, maybe they do need a reset, reboot. Uh, the likely finish with the fewest points in the HL only played, you know, 24 games because of the three team Atlantic division, but they played well the last six games. I think they were like 
four zero and two, or they're five zero and one. I mean, that stretch could save Brent Thompson's coach uh, coaching job because you know all Islander fans have to hate you know Brent Thompson for some reason because we have to worry about our AHL coach because allegedly he hasn't developed any forwards. Uh, but but that being said, if they do change the name, so be it. And people are going to play. Well, there's no islands, you know, in Bridgeport. Well, there are no lakes in LA. There's no jazz in Utah. Team names are team names. You know, they don't have to really be connected to, you know, a city. They just change, you know, well, whatever. Um, and then people also think that this could be, you know, a move towards the NASA Coliseum when the Islanders move to the new arena in Belmont. I don't think so. I mean, everyone was basically speculating for years that the Islanders or the Sound Tigers would move to Long Island eventually. It, it makes no sense to me. You, you want to kind of, you know, expand the fan base. Bridgeport's a perfect spot. And it's also... If it was coinciding have... with them, if, if it was coinciding with a move, uh, I think it would make more sense. You know, but the fact right. that they're going to be in Webster Arena in Bridgeport yeah. right. change the name, it feels a little... Yeah, you know, we're not we're not seeing the full marketing plan underneath why they're doing it. Whereas if they were shifting over and going to play minor league hockey at the Nassau Coliseum, which I'm sure for Islander fans would be amazing. I mean, I think they would draw really, really well there mm. um, if if there were games uh, at the at at the Nassau Coliseum for an AHL affiliate. Um, it would make more sense, and the timing would make more sense. But you know, I'm not going to make a huge deal over it, um, but uh, certainly people seem to be scratching their heads as to the timing and, and, and the decision uh, to do this. Right. But then if you change it, you know, from Bridgeport Islanders to what? Long Island Islanders? Then you're going to go, oh, we're going to the Islander game. Oh, which one? Oh, the AHL one. Oh, okay. Not the Islanders. Not the Islander Islanders. Oh, you're doing the AHL Islanders. So it's a good mean, question. So what would they be? You would. So let's say, let's, let's play this out. So if they were, if now they're the, since they're the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are likely to become the Bridgeport Islanders, if the Bridgeport Islanders started playing games at the Nassau Coliseum, they would be the Uniondale Islanders. Yeah, would you call maybe. them that? Right. I mean, you could, but that's. I mean, I mean, they, they do have the Long Island Nets, but there's also Brooklyn Nets. But the Brooklyn you know, the Nets don't play, you know, five miles away, so it's it's a little different. And the and the and the word island is the word island isn't already in there, right? Yeah, exactly. Long Island Islanders. Right. So it's yeah. Long Island Islanders would be kind of ridiculous. So exactly. But that's something so now you're that... limiting. So now it makes me think there's no way they're going because they don't have a they don't have a name. They don't have a they don't have yeah. the city name. So that's right. why they won't go back to Long Island. They don't have the city name squared right. away. Or you you can just call them the L I. Um. But who knows? <laughs> <laughs> bad Not bad either. Um. Yeah. And uh, we're still waiting to see capacity for whether or not they uh, raise things up for the playoffs here. Um, you know, they made an announcement a little uh, we, a little while ago, uh, around 33% for indoor uh, indoor stadiums and arenas. Um, earlier today, they made the announcement for Yankee Stadium and City Field that they're yeah. going to have vaccinated and unvaccinated sections <laughs> of fans. Vaccinated yeah. sections can be right on top of each other, but you still got to be wearing masks and then everyone else in other parts of the ballpark will be scattered. So we'll wait and see whether or not anything changes um, to the indoor uh, seating capacity. Laura Curran, um, county executive, was pushing for 50%, but as of now, it's, it's stuck on that 33% number um, come playoff time, which is, which is about two weeks away. 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard to kind of increase that number now when it's when you have to sell tickets and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting. And maybe as they advance further in the playoffs, maybe in the second round or the conference finals, they can expand mm-hmm. it. But I'd imagine for the first round, it'll still stay at 33%. Yes, sir. All right, Noel. Well, this is fun. A lot to talk. A lot to talk about uh, the, the news that broke over the last couple of days, and uh, we'll be doing another show uh, certainly, probably before the playoffs begin, and yep. uh, we'll see whether or not the Islanders are able to turn things around just a little bit, get some good vibes and good momentum going before the start of the playoffs. Uh, special thanks again to James Nichols and Rob Taub for joining us for the roundtable. Coming up next for the Islanders, they play the New Jersey Devils at home at the Coliseum. The next two games, that is tomorrow night, Thursday at 7 p.m., and then Saturday again at 7 p.m., and then the last game of the regular season, a, a made-up game. They go to Boston to take on the Bruins on May 10th. We'll see whether or not that, that game has any impact on the standings. For Noel Fogelman, I am Joe Bono. We will talk to you next week, Islanders of the Country. Good night.